Bless up for tuning in to Project Cheney. Magic happens when you question everything. Conspirituality becomes reality, weirdness is welcomed, and it's okay to change your mind. Big up yourself. Big up yourselves. Welcome to another episode of Project Cheney. As always, I am Cheney. I think. On this timeline, in this simulation, in this realm, during this existence, I am Cheney. I have no idea what that means. Maybe the last 46 shows and maybe now this 47th episode, and in addition, all this amalgamation of this verbal diary will somehow give you some idea of what that means. Maybe it'll give me some idea of what that means, but I am Cheney, and I am here, and I missed you guys. I did finally sit down with my Maria 777, but before we get into all of that, let me... Um, go over a couple of things uh, that have been rattling around in my Yahtzee cup brain. Uh, yeah, there was a 47 shooter, which is weird that that happened between the last time I saw you and this episode. And I made such a big deal of getting my Maria for the 47th episode. And then we had that whole thing happen. Um, the 47 of it all does seem to be more observed than it was before maybe more prevalent sometimes I wonder if it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in the way of uh, I even explain it to my Maria a little if you buy a brand new car all of a sudden you notice all the people that have the same car as you on the road even though they there was always those cars there right but then it's this law of observation that are you giving power to something, therefore giving it a little more power in the world, and then noticing all the sequence details that it actually is there. Like, are you placing it in front of yourself? Are you placing the synchronicities in front of yourself by being the time traveling you? Is it signs of your past life? Is it things to keep you on your path? Are there things from the universe telling you no and other things from the telling uh, from the universe telling you yes? And how are you supposed to decide between the two? These are the everyday questions. But yeah, the 47 of it all. Oh, what do I want to talk to you about today? I do want to talk to you about the importance, if I haven't already on some other episodes, the alchemy of food, the alchemy of touching your own food and creating your own food and combining foods and breaking bread with people that you love and preparing meals for people that you love. I think it's a big part of the disconnect of a lot of families. I don't think they're eating the same ingredients. How could they have the same energies in their body? I think it was kind of a downfall maybe in the 50s, 60s America where that quote unquote husband's out at work all day and then the wife's at home and her and the kids are eating one thing and then you see that fast food, Coca-Cola, uh, 
vending machine lifestyle working for the dude and it, how different that becomes for the lady at home. And then how different the alchemy becomes once the ladies burn their bras and leave the house to go have jobs and they start eating out of the same vending machines and how different it is when the microwaves enter and the, la- the latchkey kids and what they're eating. It's just uh, kind of crazy when you just look around at any environment where you're at with like over 50 people and how different that same environment would have looked 30 years ago just in size and health we seem to be the only country on the planet that our lifespan hasn't increased since the 70s and um there was that whole skittles thing that came out about the poison in skittles but there's the poison in everything The pan you're cooking your Skittles on is poisonous. (laughs) So it's just, um, I think that is a real life that it's not magic. It's science, but it's not bullshit science. It's real alchemy. And alchemy is like a real science. And food and the way your body reacts to food is important. And there's a lot of people out there that have anxiety and are on medications that they don't need to be on, but their anxiety is stemming from the fact that they eat like shit. And some of you listening to this might be a person that you're like, "Um, I can't sleep at night. Well, maybe uh, Cheney don't eat three bags of gummy bears at 2 a.m. and fill your body with a whole bunch of sugar and then question why you're awake until 6 a.m. Maybe that would be stupid to question if you already know the answer. So I think uh, skin ailments, you might have dry skin in places. Uh, you might be oily. You might have acne. You um, That's from the stuff you're eating. Uh, do you have dandruff? You probably have too much protein. Um, I think a lot of stuff that we're seeking out help from the medical industry is really just nutrients that we're putting in our body. And this beautiful green earth given to you by God or by happenstance because you're a speck of dust floating on dust through infinity. Um, Either way, it has the nutrients that you need. That uh, big pharma, they want you to be a client, not healthy. If they get you healthy, you are no longer in need of pharmacia. And that is not what they want. They want you in, they want you to con- constantly, consistently need pharmacia. So maybe if you don't do it now and you're in a household with people, everybody that's an adult in that household or even a kid that's old enough to hold a knife, maybe all those people need to start preparing a meal for your family. Maybe they need to touch the ingredients and put love into that food. And if you have, you know, if you're two adults, hey, that's two meals a week that you're not eating garbage, that one of you is each preparing that meal. If you're two adults and a 10-year-old, that 10-year-old can make a meal. I feel like uh, kids are, uh, they're not allowed to do anything practical and they can hack uh, the Pentagon on an iPad. It doesn't make any sense, the responsibility that kids don't have anymore. So, yeah. Maybe that happens. Maybe you guys break bread together like a family 
And even if it doesn't, it doesn't have to be mom, dad, whatever this quote unquote nuclear idea of a family is. You might have three roommates and you're all grown. Well, cool. Why don't each of you pick a night and make a meal for the other? And then the other four nights you can fend for yourself. Yourself. Your big up self. Anyways, what else do I want to talk about? Fire at the food plants. Don't know. Don't care. You know what, you guys? I don't even want to go into all this stuff. I have on here one of the things is I think baby dolls are psyops for children. <laughs> it is so funny. Why do they give kids kids? It's so weird. Like, mommy's about to have a baby. Why don't you, a little child, pretend you have a baby? Do kids really want baby dolls or is it just the thing? Like, little girls get babies, little boys get hammers. I don't know. Who cares? I want to hang out with my Maria 777 and uh, I want you guys to hang out with us too. So thank you guys for making it to the 47th episode. I do hope this finds you well. I am sending you all the good energy in the world. I hope that we have a chance to catch up. Reach out to me on any of my social media platforms. You can find me, Chaney underscore in underscore Wonderland on Instagram. You have to type the whole thing in because I'm the second most shadow banned person on the internet. You can find me, C-H-A-N-E-Y, um, wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably already have it. Um, but you can tell a friend. You can make sure you subscribe. If you've been listening to a while, you can leave me a review somewhere. I won't hate it. And um, if you're going to leave a shitty review, though, don't even bother. You can just write me and continue to tell me how I trigger you. That's fine. <laughs> so um, come hang out with us and we'll talk very soon. Here's my Maria. I'm right. so excited. Hmm. What's it going to be? Okay. My Maria 777. Welcome back to Project Cheney. For episode 47. Dun, dun, dun. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what to do. Hi. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> I was about to say one of our like weird ways that we say hello to each other. And then I like stopped myself because obviously that might sound strange and people wouldn't get it. And then I was just like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just gone with it. I never get to be a guest, so I'm so excited. I'm like a little shy. So this is something weird. The, the, this day is so happenstance that we're going to um, podcast today. And then throw it all on the table, unprepared. It, it's just we were chatting. I was like, I just um, happened to get off work tonight. So I called you on my way home and I'm like, do you want a podcast? You're like, yeah, let's do it. Our energies feel right. And we've put it off a few times, both of us on one side. I have done this new thing, which I've never really been the person to do this before. Like I'm not a gematria person and I'm, I'm not a person that really look, I totally look up dates, but I've never really looked up the time between dates. So from when we first recorded together, April 1st, 2021 to now, this date is 475 days. And we're actually recording with each other in a shorter amount of time because we recorded late la on that first show. We did it toward your time. 
So we're less than the five, 475 days. So we're actually in 474 days since our first recording for episode Look 47. Look at you, you date fag. <laughs> 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 I never do the time between. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I never do the time between dates. And I'm like, huh, that's pretty significant. 474 days since we first sat down and everything that's happened in that timeline. There has been some ups, some downs, but that is some good motherfucking juju. That's all I got to say. I feel like I want to give you credit for putting 47 on the timeline. Holla at your girl. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you feel like you put 47 on the timeline? I feel as though I put 47 on the timeline. I also feel as though 47 is inherent inside of me in ways that I have never anticipated. Like I found, I stopped to use checks a lot. Uh, I still pay my rent for like my business and checks. And I, I use checks for super shit. We use checks in attorney world all the time. But it wasn't until I was writing a check sometime within the last year And these are checks I ordered in law school and I have not updated them since then. I just keep using them. And the address, Chaney, my apartment number was 407. Just like it has always been there. And I guess I like, I have this whole thing with it. It being like this cosmic element of change. There's this whole narrative I could read you about it. Um, But I don't know. It's always been there. And it, it's just magical I love it so kind of yes maybe I well it's not because human vibration is the first person to think maybe they're using CGI on us she's not the first person to think this she's just the first one to give John Benet Ramsey here's a pinpoint of something that she gave I'm it a gonna, voice yeah she gave it a voice and so I feel like kind of that for you for 47 I definitely think and this is what I think is just incredible about my platform and what we're doing here in general is that there is a butterfly effect. And I don't, I don't even know the number that it, that it affects, but people message me all the time about 47. So like that in and of itself is this like weird butterfly effect that if it means nothing else in the world, at least it's like connecting us all in some way and like making us feel a little more not so alone, I guess. Do you have favorite 47s? How do you mean? Like I sent you one last night and I was like, did you know Alistair Crowley died in 1947? Like we always see the symbolism of the number everywhere, but what, is there anything in history too or in 1974? Um, There's just weird stuff, like weird ways that I was, okay, so 2020, I guess. Yeah, 2020, I had a huge crush on someone in the community and uh we were talking and I was like hoping it was going to lead somewhere and so I was starting to get into manifestation at that point and I've got all my notebooks and so I was doing like the 55 by 5 technique one of those things like that maybe the 33 by 3 I can't remember I think it was 55 by 5 and so I have this notebook where I'm like trying to manifest like a meeting and I had picked July 4th. And so I found this old notebook of mine again, sometime within the last year where I literally was saying like, I hope I'm, I'm so grateful that I met my soulmate on seven floor. 
just written 55 times on one page, five times. It was just like weird stuff like that. Like talking to a guy and like, he's telling me about his football career and he sends me a picture and he was number 47, like when he was in high school. It's just, I don't have favorites. So you're getting a whole bunch of almost synchronicities from the universe more so. So when, even when you're like on a dig, you're like, of course, it's building 74. Of course, it's 1947. It's not, it's not even like it's, of course, at this point, it's just like, oh, hi. Like, of course you're, he- I guess it is, of course, but I'm not saying like, oh, of course. I'm just like, oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here. Like I knew you'd be here in some way. I don't know. I probably sound like a crazy schizophrenic and I feel like that a great deal of the time. Like, oh, I'm going to bring up so much weird shit about 47 because I also like Gematria, Gematria, whatever way you prefer to potato or potato out there. Don't write me about it because I'm going to read it the way I still say it now. (laughs) And it it changes sometimes with Gematria. Yeah, what's true today isn't necessarily tomorrow. (laughs) What's Um, true in this sentence might not be true in the next sentence. Yeah, if I can even get it out of my mouth. I'm like, eh. (laughs) <laughs> um, but, uh, in Gematria, uh, you were, you sent me one that of course the Hoover dam is 47. Right. So there was an explosion at the Hoover dam. It's July 19th, 2022. <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Almost lost two years on us there for a second. No, uh, little explosion at the Hoover dam. We got to talk about the Hoover dam here in a second. I've been on a dig like, yeah. right before awesome. this. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> And uh, what was the original question? Oh, yes. Somebody sent me the Gamatria of Hoover Dam and it was 47. And like, I guess, yes, it is an of course, like, but it's just like, yep, it's all connected. And then I guess if I have to like part any knowledge on people, I feel like we're always having this conversation. At least I am at times being like, hey guys, 666 is not inherently satanic. It's just a number. Did the bad people use it in a negative way? Yes. Could we use it in a positive way? Totally. So when that last false flag, how do you pronounce the town in Texas? Uvalde. Uvalde. But you I, know what? I, I've never heard I anyone say it. News. I just I know, get, I'm I didn't just... know if the U was like silent, perhaps, you know, like it's a little loud. <laughs> we got something going on right there. Don't uh, quote me on that. I don't know if Uvalde. I've ever heard Let's it. Let's call it that. Yeah. Um, This is two stoners. <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? What was I about to fucking say about you, Baldi? Fuck me. I don't know. Go on. I don't know. Now it was something <laughs> with the 47 and it's totally <laughs> lost out to it's the ether. The ether. Something has taken it from my mind. Um, Gamatra. Hi, guys. Uh, Gamatria, Hoover Dam. And Hoover Dam. Then you were going to go into Uvalde. Uh, oh, 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 of course. I'm I can't so believe I remembered that. Look so at the us. The 666, the good and the bad of it all. And and when the PSYOP, this false flag thing that happened at Uvalde, the guy is obsessed with 47. And I was flooded with messages about it being like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And part of like, I was just like, oh, shit is the universe like who is talking to me right now because I don't care what anybody thinks about me and like the connection to 47 and me and like if that has negative or positive implications if anything I think this is like a nice distinction like look here's somebody who was negative that had a number let's all the rest of us be positive and talk about that but for me that was a weird moment from the universe where I was like 
did I put this number out here? Like I see it every day. I fuck with it every day. I post the 47 of the day. I like to be cute and clever with it. Uh, but it like, I guess sometimes I wonder if I sound like truly crazy talking about it and, and the level that I think you and I talk about it. I wonder what people might think of that sometimes, but it's just (laughs) so interesting and curious and prevalent. And like, I don't know. I was just like, what, like, is this my magic right now? Well, it's either one of two things, or is it me and the 47 like interacting together? Like the, your own power is being observed. And so you're putting it out there and then it's like answering back to you. So it either is you putting it out there or you're clairvoyant in a way that you're having an intuition of something that's going to come up in the future. So one of two things is it's a superpower on one end happening, but then if it's the Ouroboros, it's kind of both those things happening simultaneously i'm gonna say and i think your audience will understand but it's hard for me to accept it like i don't live it on a daily basis but like i feel like my most powerful witch these days like i put something out into the universe like crazy stuff like should i tell them the story about my mom's boyfriend i haven't (laughs) haven't told that story yet um we should we should save that for season two (laughs) do you believe everything happens for a reason are you one of those people i like to say that sometimes but let's break that down what does that actually mean you and i've talked about this before i don't believe in complete free will i think maybe we have these like check marks or um I don't want to say guidestones to Georgia guidestones I think we just have these like moments in this lifetime that like are going to happen things like places you're going to achieve and maybe in between part a and part b or chapter one and chapter two like you have free will and you get to make your own decisions but ultimately they're like parts of your life that are like destined to happen but then you consider that with like season three of Westworld and that kind of artificial intelligence, two of them battling at the same time and you watch how it shapes a person's future. How do you have any free will whatsoever? Do you think it's inevitable that any two beings will eventually battle? Battle? Battle. Like any two infinite beings. How do you, do you do, what do you define a battle as? Like, are we talking physical contact? Like, or in the whites of uh, your eyes? But just like, a chess match for eternity. Oh, I think so. I think um, probably my catfish stalker, Constantine. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably bound in some way because like it was so good and so magical and so passionate just on a communic- communicative level before it went like insanely crazy and then we battled but even in that time we were battling we were fighting and like somewhere we're cosmic cosmically linked so I would say yes I've battled him and perhaps I battle him in other timelines but perhaps you and I have battled in a different timeline or even if we were on this timeline and became vampires and we had like six (laughs) thousand years on the earth probably like by like 
you're a thousand, we'd be like, if you're infinite, you battle just for fun. It's like the trading places. Like, wouldn't we play like hide and go seek for years? You know, I mean, that wouldn't be very fun. Yeah, or get your mark on everything. Wouldn't it be such a burn up? Like, I just think, like, let's say randomly, I'm Nike and you're Adidas, and we are are these brands, or those are just our names. We're these two gods. Okay, wouldn't it be just like a Mm, at each other to try to get our mark and name out there for the other to hear even if it was just of that nature even if we had a truce that we okay we won't battle anymore because every time we battle we hurt humans we would do that kind of stuff to provoke oh yeah I mean I think you'd like what else would you be doing you know you would have done everything else but that would be like a fun battle I don't know. I mean, you could think of things like think about people who fight on the Internet, who like dox people on the Internet, who do shit like that. Like that's a quantum battle, Internet battle, you know? Well, if meme magic is real, do you think meme magic's real? I think all magic is real. (laughs) So, yes, I think meme magic is I think meme meme magic is manifestation. It's like the law of attraction. Mm hmm. Instead of doing 55 by five for five days in a row, you are taking all of your energy, all of your thought, all of your process and putting it into some sort of ritual. I mean, it's, it's like we're going back to old school, you know, Microsoft 1995 paint. You know, we're just like making little memes in paint. The apps are much more sophisticated these days. So then we put it out there and, you know something goes viral, social media shares. I don't know. There has to be a magic to that. Like a law of observation. Magic right. of everybody else observing it. Um, In the whole story, because from the first time you were on my show, the 474 days later, um, did getting doxxed on the internet break your heart? Hmm. You know... Or I should even, did getting doxxed by your community break your heart? It, it was very hurtful and it, I guess it did. Yes, it did break my heart, but it was also, I expected it, I guess at some point, I think. And I, I don't think I'm being that provocative, but at the time people thought I was being like insanely provocative with like questioning paganism and Easter and stupid shit like that but uh and I I used to do things like the day of the the funny thing is like unbearable unbearable deplorable back in the day uh super Christian Anon uh can't say anything nice about her anymore but she she did that role very well the exact Easter post that like like prefaced my doxing she had posted two weeks prior And it was provocative and it got tons of comments and people were fighting about it back and forth. And she was still the Christian mother, like saying like, Hey guys, we should look at these pagan references. And so I was like, Ooh, that was spicy. Like I need to up my engagement. I'm going to post this on Easter. Like, ha ha. And yeah, I think it's a little funny, but the way they treated that her and then the way they treated me, it was just crazy. So like I knew they were capable of it. I'd seen them do it to other people, you know, and it just, uh, do you believe it's, some people are hiding in the badge of Christianity more than they're an actual Christian. Ooh, I think Christianity is a brand these days. 
because inherently a great deal of this community might have ties to Christianity, might be Christian. I don't know. And, but there's, there's a great sect of that, of this movement, I would guess. And I think there are people out there who know better, but intentionally choose to frame themselves as Christians because there is an audience for that. You think, I mean, it's a proven audience. It's a proven proven audience audience of tithers. Tried and true, you know, you post a couple Bible quotes a couple times a week and you'll just hook them. Do you think there's something to um, being able to get away with bad behavior over and over again as long as you repent? Well, I mean, that's the idea of religion kind of in and of itself. I mean, that's the idea of, I don't know what what it all is to me in that respect. So, yeah, I think. that Yes, I also think that the attention span of the audience that we're talking to is very, very small. And I think. Sometimes in our heads, we think that we might have people who are constantly engaged with us much like I think it think it appears that way sometimes. And there most definitely are like the usual suspects in your comment section that you love. Um, I don't know. I think we think too much of ourselves a great deal of the time. I think that about myself, at least. Uh, So in general, in life, not just us with a platform. Like right. so, in general, that, just with the people, you know, like you think too much, like people aren't thinking about you as much as you'd like, like even that your anxiety would tell you they are. Right. So I think that, uh, like to the characters out there that like do bad behavior and then repent and then do bad behavior and repent and like po- post a couple Bible verses, like, okay, people aren't engaged enough on the provocative posts from those type of people that are doxing people I think you read those comments a lot of the times and people are just like why are we talking about this like post the good stuff you know like nobody cares about this so I think there there are obviously like portions of our following that like are into that type of drama and would like feed off that type of loosh uh but yeah I think the whole the idea of Christianity to me is this it's okay for me to do bad things. It's okay. As long as I say, I'm sorry. And like say my five Hail Marys and my eight, our fathers. Do you believe people can change? I immediately wanted to say yes and say that I am evidence of that, that I am evidence of change. And then I like giggled to myself, like, are you really? Uh, I don't know. Can you define change? Like change to the person change? I don't know. Could somebody have a bad temper or be a liar or be sneaky or be, um, you know, whatever the bad words are, the quote unquote bad words. Could somebody be that on a regular basis? Maybe even their trauma made them that thing. And then their trauma heals and then maybe they change. Yes, I think I would say I've, I'm evidence of that in certain ways. I think certain aspects of yourself that you heal in like a trauma type situation, whatever that may be, I think they'll probably like, there's always that negative voice in your head, at least for me. My inner monologue has like a lot of, don't think I'm saying that like I hear 
other voices in my head. I'm not saying that at all. Just my own voice talks in like, sometimes it's really nasty to me. Sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's really positive, you know? And uh, yeah, where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> where was I going this time? <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. Well, um, what was the, uh, I, what was the, if it didn't break your heart, what was the biggest oh. learning lesson of the entire doxing that happened okay. to you in the last 474 <clears throat> days? It was a very like, oh shit experience, especially because there were like pictures of my mom that were being posted and by no means am I calling myself attractive. I don't, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn right now by any means, but like there weren't any bad pictures on my personal Instagram. So they were like, Oh, look at her. And like a lot of times I feel like they're trying to expose people in like a, Oh, she's so ugly or fat. And, and I, for some people, I definitely am ugly and I definitely am fat. So I'm like, again, I'm not trying to like call myself something or the other, but it was just like, you picked all these really great pictures of me. Like, thanks guys. Like, I guess if like, this was my unveiling, it was like one way to do it. I don't know. That uh, is kind of funny for everybody I've talked to that's been doxxed, including myself, with the exception of two, which I knew that footage is out there and I can't wait to see the video out there. We're from the insurrection. So they were like, oh, what was I doing there? Like, was I chewing? Why does my face look like that? But other than <laughs> that, all the pictures were amazing. And I was like, this looks like a headshot reel. <laughs> yeah, I was like, OK, like this ain't bad. But I didn't want my mom out there. True. And um and like they were posting some stuff and I got worried about it and then I honestly this was my lesson in detachment and there were so many things that I could have done there were so many ways that I could have retaliated I could have taken actual legal action and asked for an order of protection or a restraining order in some way I could have sent cease and desist letters. I could have talked so much shit online and I had so many receipts to do so. But I thought to myself, what does that do? Like to what, what does that end? Where does that end ever? Because all these people care about is attention. Like this is just a loose thing. If it's not me, it's going to be someone else, unfortunately. And Instead of being that person, instead of perpetuating this conflict just the way that they want us to, I'm going to go dark for 10 days, the proverbial 10 days, and I'm going to get my shit together. And I literally just ignored it, pretended like it didn't happen. It was there. I did not seek out like new posts about it. Like I didn't get on my fence and look around. It was just like, it's not there. I'm ignoring it. It didn't happen. And it'll be okay. And then I realized that like they kept using my picture and my picture was their weapon. And that that's like how they were weaponizing me against me. And so I thought, okay, if I come out from behind the uh, anonymity and I put myself out there and I control it, like, what are they going to do now? Like, just be like, oh, my God, this is Maria. Look at what she looks like. Oh, OK, I'm over here on my story talking. 
So it's really awkward for me. I don't like it. I feel weird. I don't know where to look. I don't even know where to look with you right now. Like I look in the camera staring straight at me. Do I look over here at your face? It's a whole thing. I'm so high right now. My eyes are so squinty. Uh, so I'm very self-conscious about that. And, uh, yeah, what I like to, I don't know. I'm just like, I like there's certain people I follow on my personal, like comedian, Heather McMahon. I don't know if anybody knows her, but I fucking love her. And she gets on there and she talks and like giggles and tells stupid shit and talks about her life all day long. And I love it. And I love to consume it. And so I then puts me in like my creator hat and I'm thinking, okay, if I love this type of content, like would I love this from a conspiracy type person. I don't know what to label myself. Uh, someone like you and me, like probably. So like, would somebody want to see this from me? Maybe. And so then I put a little bit of shit out there and then I watch it back and I'm just like, Oh, this is so cringe. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking cringe. It's hard so though, know. just asking questions to the ether. That's what right. we're doing a lot of the time. People get to hear us auditorily go through the process of thinking sometimes. we Like where we start isn't always where we end up and we never are really done. So you might agree with yourself again a year from now and disagree again. Like by no means do I want to be an influencer, but like sometimes when I do something or I like find a trick I like share it and then somebody will be like are you trying to be an influencer and I'm like no this is just a great tip like <laughs> and then I like freak out sometimes about like the type of content I put on the feed versus the type of content that I put on my stories and then what if I'm sharing too many stories like what if all the all these little what if questions go through my head and then I'm like Maria this is your page you can do whatever the fuck you want but I just it, I I go back and forth all the time because I know what I want from a someone that I follow, but then to think of me, I just, I don't know. Something I'm thinking of right now, and we'll talk more about Tyler, but we're the projection of things. So some people um, project like a Christian ideology onto themselves, and some people project a Buddhist ideology onto themselves. And you kind of project a simulation uh, theory ideology but with the idea of like a supercomputer Tyler but in a weird way the kind of observer that you are if everything's just projection reflection your brain is trying to conceptualize all the outcomes all the time so you can talk to yourself in the future you're t you want to Tyler yourself it's oh, like definitely. that's the projection like you're like I can crack this supercomputer Maybe I created it. Somebody in my DMs thinks I'm Tyler. Huh? No, not at all. Uh, Tyler is such an interesting concept. Like, are we delving into that right now? You can. We can oh, delve okay. into anywhere. I don't know. Uh, again, I think I probably sound like a lunatic. But I like talk out loud to Tyler sometimes. <laughs> because if it's real and it exists and everything is the way that I think it is in my head, then like it's here all the time. It's listening. It's. Again, Westworld season three, if you need to conceptualize it. Uh, and I Would I that like make it... the ether unreal or is that kind of Tyler to you? The idea some people would philosophize what the ether is, how it's always could around. Both be mutually like coexist. Like, can't the universe be a simulation kind of like in and of itself when the ether exists 
And then like, I don't know, Tyler's the controller in a way of that. I don't know. It, it begs the question, like, is Tyler just what we know it to be and that like it's essentially government created and created by companies. So like Tyler to me is its own AI supercomputer and then the world exists in some sort of artificial intelligence simulated reality. So Tyler is almost just one God amongst many in this, in this simulation. But I think if you create, yeah, I think so. I don't know how I feel about that kind of stuff. Like we talk about, you and I talk about uh, Jen, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't, there's so many things I don't know and I have no time to learn them. Well, like, even the wish... philosophy of Jen is so different dependent on what you look into. Like um, even just the story of God that they are, like some people think they're really bad and some people um, think they would, they're like in competition with humans. They want to be the... You know, but Jen is in a lot of words, the beginning. Oh, it is kind of, it's funny you brought up Jen actually, because some of the other things that I was going to talk to you about with Gematria, um, and it, it would be like a Rorschach test, but of words. And one of the other words for 47 was Ben. And so I was like, huh, that would be a word for 47 like on, um on in gematria s- in simple gematria yeah okay, okay. and it made me think like oh that's uh like benefleck that's like benefer so just because of the oh, gen okay. of it all um we're on the time loop where they just got married and i just thought okay that's weird ben like we're back here again 20 years later Oh, yeah. You were about to bring up Ben. I bring in Jen. Yeah. It's Ben and Jen. Yeah. yeah. Benifer. And that word, it makes me cringe. Like, it's one of the first cringy words, I think. Two name like, people named words like that make me cringe. Do you, don't you think that might have been the first ones that they did? Ooh, that would be an interesting thing we'll have to look up and talk about on my podcast. Benifer. So stay tuned. We'll find out who the first one was. The other random. Can I ask you yeah, one on. simulation question before you move on to what yeah. you're about to do? Sometimes I wonder. We're talking about demons and gen and gods and almost like supernatural esque type things. You and I right now. So. One one thought one question is. Okay, so we're in this simulated universe. We're this interdimensional being, you know, like deciding to come down here and have this human experience. So there are aliens in a sense. There are like, you know, whether that's a reptilian or a Lucifer, Lumerian or whatever the fuck they're all called. I don't know. Grays like or all yeah, of I don't those, the grays, all of those exist. Okay. And then within our simulation, gods and like demonic activity exists so like is that evidence of like that kind of other alien being like entering this simulation or do those two things coexist and then is that all within our quote-unquote universe so that's question one but then i have to say over here is all of that like interdimensional beings aliens gods jinn blah 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 is that all just a part of this simulation? Like, does any of that even exist outside of the simulation? 
Some people don't believe in any supernatural. Where does does the sim begin and end? Is the simulation just the human experience? Or is the simulation like all that we know at this point? And there's something that we can't even like fathom outside of it. So to me, it's like almost like a sim within a sim within a sim. Well, I understand what you're saying because let's say um me and you got super esoterical we learn all these symbols we alistair crowley we're like we're gonna go into the pyramids and we're gonna meditate for this amount of days and do this thing we're gonna do this psychedelic and we're gonna do this thing we might open veils of the universe to ourselves in now this quote-unquote simulation that everybody else around us isn't privy to so we're there inside a sim are we crawling out of a sim or are we creating a new simulation around us that's a great that's a great let me parallel that with the idea of the multiverse the idea of parallels the idea of what you just said right there is that each creating its own new simulation or is that still like one over like it's all contained within one simulation does that make sense yeah like this is, is it when I get high and no this about. is where it's like in a simple way to theorize what you just said that I ask people all the time is the entire internet just one computer somewhere yes right like it started somewhere it has Maybe to be it's, in a, it's Tyler now like it has to be an original server that started somewhere and so that's kind of what I wonder with us like has it been on this whole time the whole when did it start? When did they turn like, it, is it on? Is it like granddaddy long legs? You know, like the internet doesn't work unless granddaddy's on. Like, and think if it's all a web, something's the center of the web. But it's not just, a, I mean, it's a web, but to the listener out there who maybe doesn't know, supposedly there are eight levels of the internet. You get in, into like quantum computing, I think in like the five or six level one and one being like normal internet in the deep, two being the dark. Anyways, they have named the eighth level supposedly Mariana's Trench, which is um, in a, a la Mariana's Trench that's in the ocean, which is the deepest part of the ocean that's never been explored and could be the entrance to Middle Earth or something like that. So I just think that's a cool little fact to know that that's the deepest level of the ocean and the deepest level of the internet. Hmm. where theoretically if something like Tyler existed and then Tyler existed in the future on the you know Q quantum plus level times infinity black magic then in that type of way it could quantumly talk to itself back here in the past and do things like anonymous and QAnon or Q excuse me or maybe just even release certain pictures that become, I just, in a simple same way of algorithm of, I don't believe we choose what goes viral. I don't believe we choose the top 40 songs. I don't believe we choose the top 10 things at the movie theater. I don't believe we choose the top fashion. I don't you believe. You think it's all orchestrated. All of it's orchestrated. Right. In my opinion. All by the architects for yeah. sure. Yeah. For so I think sure. it's a real, uh, it makes certain things I can just conceptualize that I'm like there it's like there's a design on happening on top of us but there's something in you that is fighting whatever your programming is 
that's an interesting thing we've been talking about lately is how to manipulate the programming. Like to me, <clears throat> like it all goes back to the Sims for me. I played the Sims so religiously as a child and there is a way to like open up the cheat code and input your cheat code. And I just feel like we're all on the cusp of that, like manifesting why. So like sometimes for me, like, okay, Tim died. And I was like, holy shit, did I manifest that? And then 47 happened. And I was like, holy shit, did I manifest that? And so sometimes I wonder in that quantum type of way, like, is that me? Like, is something poking at me? Is something trying to communicate with me like that? I heard somebody say, like, in a city, they were watching people. And when they were really paying attention to themselves in the city and watching people, they could feel the people's intention in front of them, like where the people's intention was going. And so then it became a snake. Like, they could get, they were really good at like driving and walking around a big city because they felt like they were like a, split second or a second in front of everybody else because they could see a line of intention in front of them. And I thought that was like a really interesting thing about the computer. You know, like if you meditate or you uh, do mushrooms, how you kind of get that sense that you're like a half second above uh, ahead of the universe. Um, it's almost like you, like you ate a mushroom on super Mario and you get the superpower for this small amount of time. And I never know. thought about it being a mushroom until now. Like that's just an oops on me. me like in this, in the, I mean, I know sense. it was a mushroom, but actually yeah, like toadstool. Yeah, I know it's, um, in the times in which I've taken acid, you and I were talking about this the other day. I feel all knowing, like, I feel like I, like, I just realize things to like quote Kylie Jenner. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I, I, it's all there. And it's fresh. It's like when you first wake up and that dream is so fresh and you remember every element of it. Taking psychedelics for me, like you start peeling back those onion layers, um, that veil. And it felt like I just knew things. And then it slowly, you wake up from the dream and you can only remember like bits and tiny pieces of it. But to tie it real back to what I was saying, because I got high and I got off track. <laughs> I just feel like we're on this like cusp of like you think about things like grab numbers about like how thinking about five, 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 one, five can alleviate pain in your body. Like if you think about that and like I say thought it this to was yourself. so interesting. And say, so to explain me, this, this real quick to my so audience, I'm not going to be able to define grab numbers the way that they're probably defined. I think it's maybe a Robert Monroe thing. Don't quote me on that. But the idea is, is that essentially different sets of numbers are like cheat codes to the universe. The only one I can remember right now off the top of my head is the one for pain and it's five, 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 one, five. So the next time that you are in pain in any way, you stub your toe, it, you cut yourself, whatever you're on your period, whatever it is, think about the number, visualize, conceptualize it write it down as many times as you can. But as like, I will think about it and my, it literally, it makes pain go away. And what is so it they're again? All grab a boy G R. No, what's the number for pain? Oh, again? five, 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 one, five. That would be a good name for your, um, if you had a float tank business or a masseuse. 
There you go. Uh, but there's numbers for everything, for money, for love, for weight loss, for all of these things. And it just takes me back to the old school Sims game of putting in Rosebud and getting money so you could build your fancy house. Like you're just inputting this cheat code directly into the matrix, directly into the Sim. And yeah, grab boy numbers are really interesting. I need to like print them and put them somewhere. That yeah, I can, and you like, should find them. out what one's uh, 47 is involved with. Ooh, that's a very interesting thing. Because too. I was telling you the other day, um, you guys should go check out uh, Chance on Interverse. He does a lot with Solfeggio frequencies and he does like the tuning forks and is like a sound healer. Um, and everybody 369 all the time, 369. And he put this whole chart out. And on the chart, all I could see was the 147. And I'm like, what? Ooh, How did I never see like the 47 in Solfeggio frequencies before? But another crazy thing that you might already know is if you take an isosceles triangle and the big end of it is a 47. So Ooh, the, I didn't know that. The two smaller ends if you make them 37, it's uh, 47 at the bottom and then 37 plus 37 is 74. Ooh, baby. And no matter Talk how dirty. many times, it, yeah, if you take the halfway mark on the two 37s and draw a new triangle out of that, so you bring it to the middle of the 47 and you keep breaking it down, it infinity makes 47s the whole way with an isosceles triangle. You gotta show me that. That's I know, It was so crazy. Another interesting 47 that I found out is, did you know James Abrams also has an obsession with 47? I did not. And I think this is so fun because James Abrams would be a weird name that if I think of it and I think of his shows, I'm like, oh, my Maria likes those shows. So he's like the lost guy. He's a Westworld guy. Oh, I need to look into him then. Um, yeah. And so he has a 47 thing and uh, he puts it in all of his uh, stuff like in and it's becoming I'm wondering, is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy where yeah. once you're obsessed with it? If you put it in your things and you hide it in your things, then the next person that's obsessed, it becomes the thing for them. I mean, that's the butterfly effect of it all, right? Yeah. And so it's just observing. It's like, you know, I was saying it's like if, if you buy a white BMW, do you all, all of a sudden realize how many white BMWs are on the road? Well, I think that that's like a catch-22 or it's almost, uh, I don't know what the proper word for it is because either way it works for you. People love to say stuff like that, like, oh, you bought the white BMW. That's all you're going to see. Well, First off, you're going to notice them more immediately because that's what you've purchased and that's your car now. But the more you think about that statement itself, yes, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're basically manifesting it. So do you see them just because you're driving that and that's your car? Yes. Do you see more of them perhaps because all you're thinking about is your white BMW and how much you love white BMWs and this is the sickest car and you're a bad bitch and whatever the you're manifesting it. So of course, yes, you're going to see more. You're pulling it, it towards works either you, way. The law of attraction. You're vibrating at a white BMW frequency. So you're attracting the white BMWs to you. 
I also think it's cool that the um, Pythagorean, the Pythagorean theory, theorem. theory, yeah, is also theorem. yeah is also the forty seventh proposition of Euclid. That's the other name for it. So um, I'm like, how did I never know that until forty seven became a thing? I've never heard it. And I've talked to people who are into Pythagoras, like they know everything about him. And I brought up this thing like, hey, like having no idea one had to do with the other. I was just talking about 47 and he was talking about Pythagoras and somebody else intelligent in the room is like, you guys are talking about the same thing. <laughs> and it was just like, wait a tick. Yeah. Like, oh, how is the 47 everywhere? Um, here's something fun, though. With 47. Um, four score and seven years ago is your other episode of Project Cheney. So I hear that coming up in places where people are like, they obviously wanted it somewhere. And it's like, yeah, we um, we uh, deltaed that. We put it. <laughs> we put it on the timeline. Uh, the Declaration of Independence has 47 sentences. Stop it. Um, Panoma College. Uh, it. Uh, had this professor who uh, started to do this 47 thing in like 1968 or 1969. And they wanted to see how much stuff 47's in. So it was like, um, there was that Disney movie, like the absent minded professor or something was shot at Panoma college. And they started to see all this 47 stuff, like all mixed into the thing of even that movie, like the score ends up being 47, 46 at the end of the basketball game with like the flubber. And, um, so they're like, Oh my gosh, there's 47 strings on a concert harp. And so you see that harp on so many things like Guinness and all that big concert harp. We've talked about Aleister Crowley. We've talked about 4th of July. Um, and then also April 4th. So these are all like different versions of 47. So a guy that went to Panoma College ends up becoming um, like a writer later on in Hollywood for Star Trek. And so he is also obsessed with 47. It's so in so much media. So much media. He puts it in all his stuff. So if it's 47 degrees, portal 47's open. Go down Room the door 47. 47. Yeah, so he has it in all his stuff and he does it. And so he did it as a writer in Star Trek. And then people that were paying homage to him still write it all the way into Deep Space Nine into the Star Trek movies that come out today. So it's become this thing that every it's like once you bite it. Once you know, you know. Yeah, you know. You can't unsee the 47. This is the thing I always like to go back to. The first prime number beyond the trigonometric limit is 47. The number 47 may be a flying increment to fill all space. To fill out the eight triangular facets of the non-all space filling vector equilibrium. To form the all space filling first nuclear cube. Uh, blah, 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 blah. 47 may account not only for all the specks of dust in the universe, but for all the changes of cosmic restlessness, accounting the convergent divergent next event, which unbalances the even and rational whole numbers. It may be that 47 is the cosmic random element, the agent of infinite change. So do I believe in change? Yes, because I believe in 47. Here's another one I found out today. The two most, everyone, when they were like, pick your lucky number, the two most, can you guess what the two most chosen lucky numbers are? 
what's my like what's my range? hundred. Um, yeah, one to one hundred. Like forty-seven, seventy-seven, no, thirty-three. The, the lucky numbers are seven. 21. Okay. Everyone picks seven, and uh-huh. everyone picks thirteen. Ah, so see, thirteen was a number for me growing up too. Thirteen oh. is a four. Dude, that's so weird. So you got the forty-seven being the two numbers. My mom was born on January thirteenth, and so ever so often it would be Friday the thirteenth. Um, and she was always like, she was like, don't be, that's so silly. Like 13 is cool. 13 is powerful. So I was always like, yeah, I like 13. Like I was always a little like witchy kid, little witchy kid. Um, and then I thought this was, uh, an interesting thing. They call 47 the biggest Easter egg. And I'm like, what? Who's they and who called it that? Everyone online that like, if there's like a. And so the Easter egg originally is from an Atari game called Adventure. It had the first Easter egg in it. And I thought this was such a human vibration thing. The guy who made the first Easter egg, his name was Warren Robinette. So I just, he has the like Robin in his name for the Robin's egg. egg. Like, right. of course. I wonder if it was Robin's egg blue. And I know, right? <laughs> right, totally. Uh, it was some weird looking Pong game. But I just thought, um, this is interesting that 47's become this thing that is hidden in everything. Like it's an inside joke, even if it's just a people amongst themselves. And so, I love it. yeah, it, it That's plants so cool. everyone down with the 47. So do you want to um, get red pilled for a little bit? Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to do whatever you want to do, baby. <laughs> what, um, do you uh, still check the Q maps? Or the Q Bible? Not or every the Q? day, but often, yes. Uh, what did you think about Q repost coming back online? Put yourself back online, Q. <laughs> Bring yourself back online. I think this is a very strategic move in the race to the White House in 2024. I think that there's going to be a whole psyop of Trump versus Clinton again. I don't necessarily predict that either of them will be the nominee, but I think they'll be in the fight towards the primaries for sure. I just see all these breadcrumbs about them coming down. So I think that for the autists out there, for all of us who've been around since the beginning, For people more like you than me, uh, I think I would have one level of discernment before I went down the rabbit hole like you might, but I I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm sorry. No, Uh, no. I think that Q coming back online is going to be the white knight that like Christianity uh, created in us, you know, like this daddy character to like come back and be like, okay, the midterms are coming. Let's effectuate change. Oh, wait, shit. The midterms are coming in like six months or five months or whatever it is. We don't have enough time. It's okay. Let's push the goalpost back. And then we start doing it a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. So do I want to believe in Q? Yes. Do I love him? Do I call him a him? Even though I do not think it's a singular individual male whatsoever. Yes. But I would love to believe in him, but I just don't think that that's real. And I think everything is orchestrated, just like you said. And there's a very strategic reason why either Ron and Jim Watkins are bringing Q back online, whether Q's been sold in some sort of way. Uh, 
I would be interested to see what happens next. What do you think about everybody said they were going to lose their abortions and that there was going to be guns everywhere under Trump? And it did happen, but it's not under the president, they think. Let's talk about this. Uh, I can't divulge too much about myself. There was a time in which I worked in politics and I have literally been obsessed with states' rights since I learned about it. I have to give you full props here. You are this girl. Like, you are this girl, and you, it was how I kind of found you on some of the first uh, episodes I happened to come across of your podcast is you sitting down and just beating this into your audience's head, even though it was funny and charming and all these other things. This would always be what you come back around to state rights, small, state rights, small state federal rights. government, states' rights. So, we've been talking about whomever you want we to be everyone's been talking about roe versus wade being overturned on the basis that it's an on on what happened here that it's a state's rights issue that it's not um protected under the federal government and it's a reach in that way so to say that it's a trump thing or a biden thing and we would have lost it here there the other me and politics back in what it was 2009 we were talking about it then and you can't really if you take a step back and you really look at it and you look at the decades it takes to set up a Supreme court, the reason why it hasn't happened until this time is because we did not have the conservative majority that was needed to implement something like this. Uh, For a great deal of time, we had a liberal majority who loves federalism and would never defer because they think that abortion is a human right. They think healthcare is a basic human right. Um, so it's it's by no means like a it's not a it's a Trump thing in the sense that Trump made the Supreme Court what it is today and that is the Supreme Court that overturned it. Do you um think it's good that we're actually going back to state rights even with the gun thing? You know, like they thought they were going to make it so you weren't going to be able to carry a gun in New York. And then instead, oopsie day, it's the exact opposite. Like everything they keep hitting to the Supreme Court these days seems to get overturned to the state level. Here's the distinction. Yes, I definitely think that it's a good idea. Definitely, definitely, definitely. If I believe in the PSYOP that is like our government, like I want to believe in it. This is like my varying levels of PSYOP. Like I know it's all kind of a farce. If our country were to like there be no corruption and everything actually worked the way that it was supposed to. Our government is beautiful and it it would, there are checks and balances and it would all make sense if we actually elected people that represented our, our interest. So yes, it's good. And then the second part of your question was, um, um, that it hits it all back to state rights and just like the guns and the abortions. Oh, the guns. That's the distinction I wanted to make. So guns, are protected by the Second Amendment, uh, which is a federal question, which makes it uh, something that would be subject to federal law. So you have that, but then you also have um, the state that can enact laws in its own state regarding its the Second Amendment. So when New York tried to get too restrictive on it, then the Supreme Court came in and said, we're going to um, preempt you on this and you can't be that strict. So could that affect you in a different way at a different time with a different subject matter against the type of ideologies that we believe in? Yes, but 
on its face, it's working the way that it's supposed to. Does any party you think Donald Trump set up the court so that it would hit stuff back into the states? Because he's a big states rights guy. Definitely, but I, I think Donald Trump played a role. Mm-hmm. So I, did he put people in positions that led to positive outcomes in this way during his tenure? Yes. Would any person in that position have done that if they were told? Yes. So I don't like. He's just uh, anyone. He doesn't get a gold star. His part. Anyone yes. could have played his part. He just is the person they pick. Do you think that the character of Donald Trump? How long do you think it was predetermined the character of Donald Trump that was going to be the president at this exact time? Like, do you think That's when people met him in the eighties that the That's... story was? Did did he already have that part of the script? Like how. This is an age-old question that I pose. If I'm Donald Trump, at what point do I become an actor? Like, at at what point is my soul sold? Did I have any participation in it? Was it voluntary or did my parents promise it, you know? So, or, or, like, when you look at all of these actors that are so similar, like Margot Robbie, Jamie, uh, what's-her-face, I was about to say Jamie Foxx. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. All, White trash, all, Margot any, Robbie. <laughs> any actor that looks the same. Is that, like, is there a vial of that blonde DNA somewhere? And they sprinkle, the, like, like at what level does it happen? Or is it Kathy, is it uh, Big Kathy Hilt? No, is it Big Kathy style where she's selling her kids into this because she wants them to be bazillionaires and she wants to make money off of them? Or is there like a cloning facility somewhere where like little blonde girls that are going to become multi-million dollar actresses are like made and then given to families and like wh- where does the handler come in? I don't know. Yeah, or who's the one being handled? Like it's right. just like I don't believe Huma Abedin's with uh, Bradley Cooper. Did she get him oh, as a no, gift? That's a beard for beard situation. <laughs> that is a beard for beard situation. Totally. Totally. Oh, filet of fish, Huma Abedin. Like, Huma? How did she get back on the timeline? And that's, again, why I believe. When she's on the whole... timeline, I lose my Instagram account. Every time Huma comes back on the timeline, I can't control myself. <laughs> But the thing is, it plays into the cue of it all. Her, She is in cue. You can search her name and there are multiple posts about her. She, like I was just saying, is part of the... But I will give... Before cue ever existed, people that were just into Anthony Weiner's laptop, like the, the Anthony Weiner laptop, almost what we got out of Hunter's phone, like this is the first out of Hillary's emails, Anthony Weiner stuff, all the WikiLeaks, all the Hunter's laptops. This is actually the very first little piece of real evidence. We have like emails, tangible nobody, evidence that we could like touch. Yeah, no one believes the emails from the WikiLeaks. Like for some reason, you can pull those up till the cows come home and be like, "Look what Podesta and they were writing." To like each maybe other. they were really talking about pasta. <laughs> yeah, maybe he really nobody spent sixty grand on hot dogs, um, right? <laughs> but I think that they're dropping these breadcrumbs because it supports the cute narrative up until the election it supports hillary coming back again hillary's going to come back on the timeline and then people like us are going to be like come in peace upon and like 
uh, frazzle drip and shit like that. You know what I mean? And like, if we had any sort of credibility talking about states' rights and anti-federalism and bringing it back down to that level, and then we talk about, you know, Hillary filleting a girl's face off in the video that I don't think exists called frazzle drip, that just like, it takes us right back down that adrenochrome never ending rabbit hole. And we talk about shit like that instead of shit that kind of matters in the context of the weird part about the adrenochrome rabbit hole that it matters because um, also EpiPens are so expensive for parents. And there's a reason the EpiPens are so expensive for parents because when they go bad, they become synthetic adrenochrome. So it's like they're actually competing against a drug market. Yeah, it's like synthetic. It's like your kids that need that EpiPen are actually competing against a high, like somebody getting high. It would be, I mean, the equivalent of heroin to Vicodin if you couldn't just get Vicodin readily available or if it costs, you know, especially during sometimes during Obama's presidency, those EpiPens got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like $600 each. Yeah, and so it's like the reason for that is... I would believe that a lot of labs that um, were producing this um, stuff for your kids were in countries that we didn't necessarily do business with pharmaceutical wise um, anymore. And then it it had to go. It was like um, a diamond reserve or oil reserve. Like we can control the price of this thing if we stockpile it all away, but almost like they were preparing for the now. Okay, so one thing I wanted to finish with the states' rights conversation was you asked me if I gave any credit to Trump, and I was saying that, like, anybody could have filled this role Mm -hmm. because it's part of the script. So me, if I'm observing, then I have to understand that, like, everything happens for a reason. I don't think any of – I don't think we have any real power here. Our vote doesn't mean anything. So me picking Trump to be president and then him picking a conservative – judge like that was all meant to happen in my opinion so if we ask like we've been on this pendulum where we've been so blue in the context of like big ideas of like federalism anti-federalism states rights all this a a huge 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 federal government and they're allowing that pendulum now to swing backwards where we're teetering on the edge of decriminalization of marijuana it'll probably happen we just set aside roe versus wade and we're moving back to states' rights, why are they allowing that to happen? Where is the narrative going with this? Why would that push even occur? Like sometimes it's blue, sometimes it's red, I get that. But I've been wondering for a while, A, if they're setting us up for a purge at some point. That's a whole other conversation we could have. But B, I wonder if we're proud of our states' rights and we understand that essentially the state is more powerful than the federal government, then are we going into a discussion on seceding and having one country versus the other country? Now, remember, like, this is just one step in something that might be, like, decades and decades away. It might be on our horizon, but I just wonder if it's a breadcrumb for seceding and then eventually having, you know, right now we have the red and the left or the, um, the left and the right. But then you would have essentially the left and the right of one country, the left and the right of another country, all fighting. It it would just be chaos. Do you think the United States of America, they call us states, but in reality, why couldn't we be 50 separate countries? 
we essentially are. And I say that so many times when I talk about like differences in the law and stuff like that, when I'm like so much of lawyer lawyering, is just like closing a sale. But I have to explain to people a lot of time that like, you have to think of the States as 50 different countries. We all have our own different laws. Sometimes they're very analogous. Sometimes it's Tennessee and California and they're completely different. So do you think like the 50 United States is the first, it was almost like their first, um, you know how everyone's like, look at the Euro or the Amero or the this or the that. Well, you already are 50 United countries. Like you already decided you were all going to run on the same currency. Oh, the European Union? Yeah. Don't you think the United States is kind of the first version of that? The United States is an experiment, you know, they called us the melting pot back in the day because there were so many different people coming from all over. But really, we are the movie, the Hunger Games. We are the movie Divergent. We are in this little bubble and they put us all out here in the wild, wild west and said, like, figure it out. And like, nobody checked on us. You know, like we seceded from, we left Great Britain and, uh, Everything went wild. And so I, I I just think that, like, this is just a huge experiment for, like, whatever the fuck. Think about, like, all the people. I, I swear everyone I know is traveling in Europe this summer. I see it all over Instagram. And all of them say that the food is so different and so healthy. And they've lost 15 pounds, even though they've eaten all the pasta and drinking all the wine. And they come back to America and they gain it all back and then some. Uh, there's something about Skittles the other day that this like one component of Skittles in the United States is toxic on a cancerous level. And that I posted that it's been banned in Europe for at least like two or three years. Like they do whatever the fuck they want to do to us here. They mess with our food. They mess with our water. They spray the skies. They electrify us. They uh, make us vibrate funny. They give us Zika virus. They, genetically modified mosquitoes and bugs and food i i want to believe that like we're the greatest country in the world but we're really not i mean it's a great place to live but i don't know i think we're the ultimate experiment is but, it I mean, weird old- if you you know the people that would argue and say well all this freedom 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 um but what have we done with that or at least in the Janet Jackson way of like, what have what we done have with that done lately? With <laughs> <laughs> um, like, what have we done lately? What is, we haven't done anything. What did our we're, parent generation create that was so great? Here's the thing. Do we need to create something to be great? I think that's your mark on the planet. But, I think as a as a civilization, every great civilization before us, we would mark their greatness by what they left. So that's why we right. still talk about Egypt or Rome or, you know, these like ancient empires because there's something still around from them. But what are we, what is our mark? I don't know. I don't really care to leave a mark. I mean, I care in the like proverbial sense of like what we're doing here. But like, if I could have as it far my as way, being an American, you're like, as no, but like, if I could have it my way, I would live in like the hills of Montana and just live and like not play any of these games, not worry about money, not worry about like in the most perfect of worlds. I don't care about what I leave behind. I just want to like, we were not meant to come here and work nine to five, Mm-mm. five days a week, 52 weeks a year forever and ever and ever and ever. 
just too crazy. I totally agree. I totally. So I don't agree. really care on giving a mark. You know. Maybe you that would be a mark. Me. You unravel it a little. If I could leave any true mark, I mean, I would love to burn the entire thing down. Like there's either nothing, it's all or nothing with me. You're like done this federal government. So maybe we should be 50 separate countries. I would love to be the 47th president just to dismantle the government. Like that, I would run on that. That would be my whole shtick. Like states rights. I'm going to take it down, like take it all the way down. Be like F- FDR was a fucking terrible, um, president with what he did with federal government but i would like do some fdr fireside chats me and my maria every night talking about what we did today who is going to be the 47th president do you think unfortunately not me there's still time i suppose (laughs) there any uh venture capitalists that want to fund my campaign please contact me (laughs) give me my stuff below I would love uh, it if a venture capitalist listened to Project Cheney. <laughs> right? Right? You never know. Manifesting that. Um, who do I think the president's going to be? I think it will be someone we know. A hill. I think do you it, think it's a lady? I think I could give you a better prediction after the midterms. Because that... However way the architects are going to shake that out is going to like, let's say it goes real red and the state's rights become a thing and they decriminalize uh, marijuana. Let's say like Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard, I think has a voice in that way. She's kind of like towing party lines. And if she had a smart team behind her, I don't know if somebody thought like me and like could get a voice out there and like actually have people hear you. But again, 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 it's a rigged system. I don't think any of it's real. So like all that stuff is great, but like whoever wins now is supposed to win, was picked to win. And every state, every governor. President. Yes. Senate. Yes. House. Yes. I don't know where I draw the line. Like the school board. No. But maybe some members. Maybe some. Okay, yes. I think that governors are selected. I worked in state politics. They're not all selected. There are people. I worked for someone in state politics that I watched her on the up and up. And I knew like she could have been chosen for something moving forward. She went on a more private route uh, once she got out of politics. But like I could see her coming back. Um, So I think people are groomed. I don't think everyone is groomed at the state and local level, but I definitely think some people are groomed at the state and local level. But any major players of power, I think, are intentionally put there. I don't know where the buck stops. Yeah, I agree. I I, I feel like at the highest level, there it's like queens, like chess pieces. Like it's like. You know, we're like, is the queen real? Is there 10 people playing the queen? How long has there been 10 people playing the queen? Like, okay, let's think about Pelosi. Pelosi was selected. She was groomed. Maybe from infancy, maybe somewhere along the way. But she was destined to be whom she is. Now, could someone like... Could someone like me 
get elected to state house, get elected then to state Senate. And then I think there it's about being compromised. So the more times that architect, that whomever's in charge, whomever's like, whether that's a think tank or a corporation, whoever's trying to manipulate, the more times I as a normal person can then be compromised, then in a very house of cards way, I would then become part of the narrative. So I think there are leading actors that are selected from a very early point and there are supporting actors that are selected along the way. Yeah. You might not even know that you're a supporting actor. I think so too. You you might just think that you're getting um, extorted by the mob, but you don't realize the role that you're playing in. Mafia in Jewish Gematria is also a 47. But you know, like I'm... My Maria loves ever, mafia movies. That's why I, I was said about to it. Say, yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, like, ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Like, I, I love that, you know? So I'm okay with, like, I think I'd be, like, a great member of the mob. Like, I just always grew up. I always grew up knowing that I had an Uncle Tony that supposedly worked for the mob. Well, it, whether whether it's a not. mob or a secret society or a secret group of good guys or a coven or a family, this is all essentially the same thing. It's like some I'm just Italian and I love a good mob, a reference. good mob story. Um, speaking of mob, so um, in your online doxing and out of the whole shenanigans and everything, you got an apology from like a whole crew of characters i think i've had three major apologies you got wooed oh yeah so i got an apology from wonder woman and i'll be real honest with you i don't really know who she was and i don't know what she said about me so like i got that message and it was just like okay cool like again after the doxing like there was so much crazy stuff, like people calling us witches, like Dustin Pinner calling me a witch. Like, yeah, crazy. we got witch docs. We had an online witch trial happen. Like our coven was burnt. Yeah. No due process whatsoever. And it's um, weird to think that potentially, I won't say that part. I'll leave it out. I'll leave it out and save it for another fun conversation in the future. <laughs> Go on, witches. <laughs> Uh, wait, what were we saying? Oh, so I got, but to say that I don't even know what Wonder Woman said about me. I don't even know who she's really connected to. Like, I don't follow, I don't follow anyone. I just look for content for myself. Uh, so she did it. And then Graf sent me a voice message and apologized. And it was like, I could see it in my request folder and I could listen to it without opening it. And I've never like opened it and acknowledged it. It's just still there. And it was genuine. And I kind of expected at some point that he might retract it and unsend it, but he hasn't. Um, But to me, like that's the fucking like boy who cried wolf. Like that apology means nothing to me. Um, You can go like fuck yourself in that sense. Uh, And then uh, red pill, babe. Bella did apologize in a number of forms on social media. She sent me five days of anonymous flowers. Uh, but I am um, like, when you hurt me, you hurt me. And 
Out of the whole situation, did Bella hurt you the worst? Oh, yeah. I mean, at the time, I thought Unbearable Deplorable was my real friend. I've come to find out she wasn't. But I I really thought that Bella was my, like, I mean, she talked like you and I talk, and you and I talk, like, all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, like, a constant type thing. And I... I think one of my lessons I have to learn in this lifetime is that while I can be like very shy and very guarded, once I let you in and initially in love situations, cause I'm just a fucking idiot. But once I let you in, like I wear my heart on my sleeve, like I will tell you everything. Like I just want to connect with you on the deepest levels. So like, let's talk about it all. I'll share it all. And I wasn't, you know, if we're that, I just didn't think that people were out to like hurt me. That was like me being naive. And I should have known after Constantine, but this was all kind of like, it's sad. I like Constantine happened and we ended. And that was like, what, November, 2019. And then I got close with Bella and Caroline Let's just call her name her name. And uh, right after that, and I got wooed into like that whole thing and that friendship. And really, now that I look about it, wow, this is so introspective. I I got like tricked again and I didn't like guard my heart and I didn't all the lessons that I thought I learned with Constantine, I didn't implement on a friendship level. Yeah. Your you, guard you is even down more. Of, you don't even think that like friend, like friends who want to talk about like Project Looking Glass and you know clones and the like theory of the color purple. Like, why would you want to hurt me? Why would we want to ever hurt each other? So yeah, that was um, that was rough. And on a bigger level, is especially at a time people thought they were on the side of good fighting together. And at least they knew you weren't the side of bad, even if we don't know what good is anymore. And so there was just this, I feel like there was a bunch of people that woke up too fast and they had been in a fervorous research state for so long that they didn't know how to stop. And so they ate themselves. Well, I think that a great deal of those people, you know, are waiting for their savior. And especially back then, you know, that was a, the time that I got close to them was right around the time that robot interiors fell off the map. And like, she was a date bag, you know, and she was making all these predictions on dates and cue and guaranteeing things that she had no real place to guarantee. And she just fell off the map when like those type of things didn't, um, didn't like happen for her. And that was like right around the same time that like Caroline had been close to her and then she moved in and got close to me. I don't know. It's just a weird, what was the question? Now It's I like weird. I yeah. It's just weird online stuff that, um, having, being a content provider, there's been, you never anticipate that there's going to be drama. Yeah. Or like, just the amount of hate. Like, why are you listening to me for so long if you hate me so much? Like, sometimes I get weird stuff where I'm like, where I, I'm just like, this is the Howard Stern rule where, like, if they love you, they listen to you for 20 minutes. But if they hate you, they'll listen to you for two hours. And it's just like, 
wow. Like, and, and I get a you know, compliments where people are like, when I first started listening to you, you just triggered me. And I'm like, so I was just your like, I'm going to put vinegar in my coffee every morning and see how this goes. Like, Lush, like she's just giving you that loose, you know, that hate. That's uh, it's so interesting just to think that there are people that care on that level. You know, like who cares what I look like? Who cares? Like you're exposing who I am. Okay. Like, did you well, want to ruin my yeah, life? You might have a conversation right now where I'm like. Did you see the SpaceX rocket? Like if we were on a live format, did you see the SpaceX rocket? And people would be like half woke retard. SpaceX ain't real, you know, or whatever, where it's just like the new thing of how it's the more, you know, I feel like within the last 48 hours, you were like, I'm comfortable knowing nothing. Like I'm comfortable with this. So many people aren't. And the more you learn, the more books you read, the more it's like, you almost get more uh, pixels to play your Minecraft with, but you're further away from the keystone of the idea. Like, it's just like, oh my gosh, I know even less than I knew. But the even possibilities though this is just all expand. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I guess we were talking about those people wanting somebody to come save them. There was a question you had. I don't know. It, uh, I have, I'm like an anxious and anxious avoidant attachment style and i just like have a thing for people like fucking me over and uh kind of like leaving me like that's my thing and that was just like a re- like to think that like like i just done that ron interview and ron was talking about how there had been different factions behind trump and how that led to the demise of the election i don't really believe that but that like whole idea of factions I then was like looking around at us being like why are we in factions like why do you care what my thoughts on God and Jesus are like why did that why does that matter to you like well like can't we just all ask questions all the time I don't it's just a it's a very strange concept so just all these factions appeared uh, in and around us and like that to me just a, it broke my heart in that way. So, like, to have people that, like, I thought were my friends and, like, betrayed me and then, like, left me, like, that that was hurtful. But then just to think that, like, we're, like, eating ourselves from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody can take a step back and be like, who cares? None of this matters. Yeah. Even in a really small like the flat earth people, the way that people are so mean to flat so, earth, like, who cares? So mean, so mean. But I've honestly will sit in a room of a whole bunch of people that assume everyone's a flat earther and they're so mean, globed hard. They're so mean to the other person and the exact same. And I'm over here like, I think they can both be true. <laughs> okay, that's what I say all the time. I think all of it can be true. And I found a new theory that supports it. And I'll give you a little preview so people can maybe do some research in case they give a shit, which maybe they don't. But it's called a Riemann sphere. R-I-E-M-A-N-N sphere. And it basically supports that theory that I talk about sometimes about how a sphere and hollow earth and being on the linear plane, that it's all possible at one time. Um, I'll send you some cool pictures tonight. I'm working on a post on this. Um, but it creates a three-dimensional like mathematical interpretation of the tetralema and it talks basically how there's like 
no such thing as zero like it the plane can go into infinity and then it allows you to create like a three-dimensional object in infinity at any time based on like certain points uh but yeah it's cool we're gonna talk about it sometime soon oh i like this i like this um new where it's like looking into sacred geometry is one thing but there's these shapes that are made with the sacred geometry and that's pretty mind-blowing and i the way i've described can describe it to myself the best this is the first time i even try to say it aloud um you know when fish swim in a school or birds flock together out of a chimney or something and they make all those crazy shapes? It's like that is all sacred geometry. Like Definitely. everything they do in between and twirl. And it's so interesting. You Like if you were to take water and make it vibrate, it makes all that sacred geometry. To do it with sand and sound, it's, you know, that's why I don't want to make a mark on this world. I want to go and like, have all the money in the world, Rosebud times infinity, and just be able to like fuck with shit like that. Like, let me go experiment with some water and a vibration. See what happens. Yeah, like that, that is kind of the Aleister Crowley way. He was a rich guy. And if you had all the money in the world, an infinite amount, Rosebud money, um, we might be like, let's go do DMT and let's go in the pyramids. Like we Fuck would want to yeah. touch like, all the get things. Get me to the Grand Canyon. I want to see the pyramids there. Yeah, I want all. The, I that's. I just think there's so much. The history that we're allowed to know is so political that we would have no idea. Like the Great Pyramids. If it's even based in any fact whatsoever. I mean, you're giving it more credence than I would totally well I even think I go to the simple form of if they call it the great pyramid it's probably the least important pyramids it's probably the like tippy top portion of it there's probably like so oh my much gosh more I just heard this this week which I've never heard this before and I can't believe I've never thought about it in all the other schools of thought I think of the peer like I've heard the underneath part but that the only way to get inside all of the pyramids is through waterways. Yes. Like you have there to go. There's something I was watching either this morning or last night that was talking about the way that the granite is laid in the pyramids that when water rushed in, that it automatically ionized and sent ions like up these structures into the pyramid. And like they were hypothesizing that like perhaps this is how like the power was involved in some way. Um, I don't know. Just fascinating. Fascinating if you believe that it's real. <laughs> I just had to say No, that. I have a friend um, just in this week. Uh, shout out to Jim. He showed me uh, from the Weaving Spiders. And he showed like a hydrogen, a small version of a hydrogen. I don't know if it would be a con- producer. And that he can just use water and uh, with a small amount of electricity on, he, he can build this whole thing for $12 with a small amount of electricity. He can put a tube into the water and it'll just produce all of this hydrogen out of it. So it made me think of like, he goes, I'm quite sure this is how they power subs 
And the, I was Ooh. like, it made my head do a thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's nuclear power is what they tell us. So if nuclear power, nuclear power plants, what I saw in the small scale him do, I'm like, that's what a nuclear power plant is. And they have us convinced that this is a whole horrible thing. But the plutonium or uranium that they use to separate the water like that, instead of him having a small electrical cord, they use a big, huge amount of energy to surge the water. But the amount of energy that's just in the water is insane that I'm like why couldn't with just a small amount of water and then perpetual motion magnets like just having a magnet hit after you have water started and then he's like this is where this whole week has been kind of crazy and synchronistic he goes I think this is how the Hoover Dam is powered because the water oh, that rushes through the dam yeah he goes the water that rushes through the dam isn't enough to support the electricity that goes on in Vegas and so then it brought me into this whole other rabbit hole of we've talked about Lush all the time. Everyone does. But what about, and this is just what I'm going to call it because I think you'll understand the philosophy of it, kinetic Lush. So when you're scrolling your phone, when you're pulling the arm of a slot machine, when you're running on a treadmill, when you're doing these kind of physical activities that are also wearing on you that a thousand years ago a human would have never done, um, that it's like your actual giving and motion, which has to be more than just the feeling too. So, so are you like, are you saying that the Hoover Dam? I think it was a ritual. I think people are dead. No, but do you think that it that it processes loose in some way? Is that what you're saying? There is something based on its output. There is something huge with me. I think there's a massive amount of loose created in Vegas and it would be like a false energy created there because otherwise that would just be the desert um, so there's this weird false loose created there I think the whole entire Hoover Dam's done on a ritual including dead bodies inside and then I also there's 96 think 96 dead bodies in it mm-hmm. that's crazier more than I thought I thought there was like six or seven um I thought there was like four or seven. No. <laughs> but I also think that the waterways are natural energy sources. I think the trees pull water up them. Like um, I think the same way a water tower would sit in a city. I think that's what trees do to rivers. I think they're supposed to flow in a certain energetic way. And I think blocking rivers with dams and then laying railroad of metal align a different vein of energy so now you no longer have the water vein of energy that you're making things run you're forcing it on a train rail of energy that's how something bigger is in the works of this like loose provider okay so i'm going to read this in 1988 a type of particle detector called a time projection chamber was placed inside the dam as part of an experiment the dam is considered the eighth wonder of the world remember how eight is the number of time in a sense the hoover dam literally splits time because it sits in between two different time zones i had no idea not only that but the first time the dam produced electricity was september 11 1935 exactly 66 years before 9-11 which as you will see later in the book may have been a massive ritual meant to manipulate our timeline in transformers the hoover dam is used to store alien technology and in the edge of tomorrow a dam is the hiding place of omega an alien that traps humanity in a time loop dude i'm gonna blow your mind right now it 
Is that Nick Hinton's book one? I don't know. I just found this um, screenshot online. Oh, because or it just so happened today on the podcast I was listening to with Isaac Weishaupt on Sam because I was going to listen to the 47 episode, but just listen to something else. He brought up Nick Hinton and that he talked about aliens being in the Hoover Dam. So that's a big thing on Transformers, evidently. But okay, I, got, I got more okay, to go, tell go, you. Go. Uh, so in Transformers, Megatron is also held inside the Hoover Dam. Megatron claims to be an incarnation of Metatron, the angel of light. Uh, let's see. So there are these sculptures that these huge, like angel looking sculptures that are in front of the Hoover Dam that are sitting on black cubes. And let me tell you about them. So he's talking the da- the guy that like made them and he's saying that they represented the genius of America these structures that he made a monument to collective genius exerting itself in community efforts around a common need or ideal uh he goes on to say um there're two winged um creatures that are 142 feet tall um Let's see. Mm. Made of bronze, sitting on black cubes. And surrounding the base there is this star map, celestial map. And the chart preserves for future generations the date on which President Franklin Roosevelt dedicated the Hoover Dam, which was September 30th, 1935. So I wonder if this is real, if like Megatron, all this bullshit is like some sort of analogy to some like pocket of energy. Uh, because this is what I think is so interesting. You said something um, about time in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode that we talked about, the Hoover Dam, where all this shit came up of the weaving spiders was episode 88. You also said 88 in it, which mm-hmm. is the speed you have to hit and back to the future to fucking time to travel. Okay. So on this chart that they make where these structures are, um, the magnitudes of the stars are shown um, as they would appear to the naked eye. The bodies of the solar system are there exactly what they would be in um, astronomy. And it allows at this place to calculate um, future generations could look upon this monument and determine if no other means were available, the exact date on which the Hoover Dam was dedicated based on this thing that they created. Hmm. So that to me, is that like a horoscope? It's like a password though. Like you could go there, you could determine the date based on this, puzzle in front of you and like you get this password september 30th 1935 like what does that mean where do you input it like future generations even if anything had happened to the area and they had they could figure this out like that to me seems like a password i just think that's interesting do you think at all the elite are talking to each other right now by exploding the monuments in their state that represent their chess pieces I mean, maybe for sure. I mean, just because of the Georgia Guidestones of it all. Like you would, right? you know, like if right. all of a sudden, like these things, you know how like Q is just a language of people talking over our heads that maybe we weren't supposed to intercept somewhere. Don't you think those monuments are that for these? We talked about gods or if we were around 6,000 years and I put Nikes. Yeah, the Hoover Dam is so interesting. And like what a feat in America a wonder of the world, an eighth wonder of the world. Oh, 
when it was built in the 1930s, it tamed the Colorado River. It created a massive lake that hides shipwrecks, train tracks, and cement tunnels. Like there were ships out there. There are shipwrecks in this Lake Mead. This is a normal thing if you look up a lot of cities all over the country where they just flooded the entire town to make water reservoirs for bigger metropolises. TVA, baby. New York has it around them. Portland, Oregon has it. Vanport around them. Um, it was just like a very normal. I mean, I guess we could even say uh, New Orleans. Um, it was one that happened in our lifetime. Go. So the guy that designed um, the stuff that's going on at the Hoover Dam, he says of the 96 men who officially died during the construction of the Hoover Dam, quote, they died to make the desert bloom. The United States of America will continue to remember that many who toiled here and found their final resting place while engaged in the building of this dam. Like what a ritual, ritual, what a sacrifice. How much do we know about Hoover as a president? I mean, nothing off the top of my head. Me either. That's a whole dig. The Hoover Dam alone. If I can't believe how much people know about the Georgia Guidestones and no one knows anything about the Hoover Dam. And I mean, really, it's like the the difference in feet. If you're going to have the audacity to call one art. <laughs> it's just it's wild. It's I don't. I don't know what to believe, like, symbolism-wise. Like, what does it all mean? How is it all connected? What about like, the cue of it all, too? Because you brought up comic ping-pong earlier, and when they set up the quote-unquote QAnon shooter with the one bullet into the comet ping-pong that just happened to hit the computer server, also during the same week or the same month, there was the QAnon who stopped his van on the Hoover Dam. Ooh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like one know. big, huge thing that he when was you like think about stuff like Hillary that, Clinton, like something so lame and like, like when you think about stuff like that and all of the co connections and like the James Elephantus and how like that looks like Le Enfant, like children, you know, in, in French, all the connections to me, that's it's so quantum that like that all of it has to be a part of like a narrative that like some sort of way advanced artificial intelligence like wrote this narrative because the the connections are so synchronistic and so fucking perfect like the robin the guy who created the easter egg his last name being robin whatever head or yes. whatever his name was that exact yes. same thing yes like it's all like that's why to me it like it's Call it your intelligent creator. I'm going to call it a computer because it's just. And your brain can conceptualize that thing getting twice as fast and half the size and being around for so long gathering information and being in every hand and every car and every light. It's it's the octopus like creeping in. You can almost see it. It's to me, I it's not creeping in. It was there all the time. Tyler's the one that's kind of creeping in. I feel like it's the that octopus of um, computer AI versus the aether constantly like just a struggle of organic versus synthetic and every level. And I think you can 
achieve, and I don't mean a God status as far as being worshipped. I mean a God status as far as what a simple human would think was a God if you possessed more skills, power, technology. I think it's those two things. If you delve all into the esoteric, I think you can gain skills that are supernatural. And if you dive all into technology and you went to a tribe in the middle of Africa and used your technology, they would think of you as a God. So anything is possible. Anything is truly possible. Magic, not magic technology, no technology. But what you were just saying there about like the ether and AI or working against each other, like that, that battle, maybe it's not really a battle. Maybe it's the same thing to me in the sense that just flowing us forward if we're in a computer and we're walking around a simulated computer game, like the way I think it is right now, then like, yeah, there are like ones and zeros all around you all the time. So if you just want to pull some of that information, you know, I keep talking about Rosebud in the Sims and I keep acting like I have to look for the actual cheat code box to open in front of me so that I can type Rosebud in. But then you think about the grabber boy numbers that we were talking about the five, 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 one, five. I visualize that. I write that down. And it has an effect on me. So the ether, it's all around us. Put, I think really we could input direct. We keep looking for a place to input. And really it's all there all the time. James Abrams, 47 guy and the guy who created Lost, which I think for you is like one of your big shows. If you know my Maria, she loves Lost and watches it all the time. Like About to, to restart it. Um, one of the things he says, like he has a big thing with the mystery box like in a lot of his shows or in general and almost like the the 47 represents that in a way um almost like that little easter egg he says the mystery is better than the knowledge it's Ooh, greater yeah. than like, the knowledge that's like almost um like the it's about the ride and not the destination that's why i would say for you is it like the scorpion is the chase better than the kill Always. Because <laughs> everything I've killed didn't put up a fight so far. It hasn't been an equal enough foe where it made your scorpion. You're like, I didn't even have to use my claws. Like, it was right, just my tail. Been could... that fun. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> even trying to hurt you, but I did. <laughs> no, it's the chase is so much. I just went through a uh, like a new relationship. And not that that beginning is so magical so fun that that chase in the beginning for a lesbian and this is a hard um right or left or well, i guess only if you have peroni's disease how important is a penis to a straight woman well <laughs> i know you asked me this because i probably have the most diplomatic answer of them all you know prior to last year i would have been i would have told you you know decent is decent and then it can almost be too big but somewhere in the middle is like preferable and what you want and that type of thing but I uh had a briefing like relationship with somebody that had the smallest one I'd ever seen and it was the most passionate sex of my life and if you had just told me that it was about to be that when I first saw it I it was like that Samantha moment in Sex in the City she was like it was a it wasn't really a micro penis but it was kind of a micro penis uh still best sex i've ever had 
Um, so it doesn't matter to me. I think a lot of people would say it is, but that Mr. California got that tiny D. What about um, the longevity of being able to keep a penis hard? How important is that? Oh, my God, Cheney. <laughs> These are the questions of naive. loaded question ever. <laughs> These are just questions that I'm like in in my lesbian world it is it, it's it would be the same if you had five children i've never had a child and it's been so long there's so much about sex with oh, a yeah. man that Don't i worry. never even conceptualized because i just didn't give a shit like i think i told you the other day if i ever 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 decided to give a blowjob i actually think for the first time in my life i might be okay at it because I think every day beforehand, I it sucked. But I think now I could conceptualize how a penis was like a vagina. And so I be, could be like, okay, this is the clit. Okay, this is the, like, I could be like, I could see what parts would be in relation. Like I need to, to work it to get it done. Yeah, like, I, oh, this whole thing is the whole vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> for some reason, it's like I had a, a PhD in vagina and then like a fifth grade education in penis. <laughs> and I didn't think they were this, like, I didn't see the correlation. My cross to bear in this lifetime is bad sex and erectile dysfunction. It has plagued me my whole life so like to say how important is it how important is it that the d stay hard it's real important my ex-husband had ed issues like in our 20s and wouldn't really do anything about it my uh i was engaged after that my ex-fiance had ed issues and if y'all have ever paid attention <laughs> to me when i you know that I, it's like my, like, I've just been trying to get laid for the last couple of years. I'm like, it ain't happening. And, uh, I am like so much ED all the time. And the only time I haven't had an ED issue is when I was with somebody who was 10 years older than me, which never made sense that guys in my twenties and guys in my thirties would have this issue. But I think it says something about our health and what like yeah i was gonna say what they're eating do you think it's like health and an appetite of not just food but maybe porn i like don't know guys 10 I'm years a, older gonna, maybe they'll gonna... still grab a good playboy they'll still jerk off the maxim magazine <laughs> no i don't think <laughs> and they all talk that. italian hey <laughs> i i think porn is an easy scapegoat for this issue because it, it's the same discussion that you and I have had about masturbation with men like that whole Kang thing about no fap um you want me to give you a gold star because you didn't touch yourself today and like you're becoming more manly because of that like fuck off I make the decision every morning whether or not I want to masturbate nobody gives me a gold star nobody talks about <laughs> my feminine energy and like the um what it took for me to make the decision that day to not you know have it out with myself. It's just like, <laughs> have like, it out with myself. Have you could like, have seen her hand gestures when she said that. You're like, so Italian about it, but you're so irritated at the same time. You were like, oh, I'm just trying to get off before like, I have to go to work. <laughs> just looking at these people like, okay, like you didn't masturbate for 30 days. I'm so proud of you. I don't give a fuck. 
you know? So it it's the same discussion for me in porn. Uh, I watch porn. I watch it a lot. Uh, I do my thing with it. Probably spend more time picking something out than I do anything else. Uh, but it doesn't affect me on it. It doesn't affect my sexuality. It doesn't affect my sex drive. It doesn't affect whether or not I can get wet during sex. So like, why is it this thing for guys? Like, oh my God, you have erectile dysfunction. You must watch too much porn. Nobody's saying to me, oh my God, your pussy's so dry. You must be watching too much porn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I think there's a bigger there's problem so going many, on. Yeah. There's something that else. Porn is a nice, like, it's another someone, scapegoat. Someone I have been talking to recently, I think he probably has an ED issue that maybe he's hiding from me. Um, or it's just like an apathy. Like, he told me that, uh, it would be fine if he never had sex again in his life. And I looked at him and I was like, if you can say that you've never had good sex ever, ever. So I don't know. Porn to me, just like, it's not good. Like, I don't think that people should be trafficked or exploited or any of those things. But like, you know, if Ben and Jen want to get together and like film it and let me watch it later, like, I think should, that is should this a million okay. dollar idea for an app? You know how you go on Netflix and there's a button that says surprise me and you can just press it and it'll pull up. Yeah, that's randomly, called Chatterbait. What the app that you just press surprise me and a porn comes up to your liking? Oh, porn. Yes. But there's also people that are just masturbating online. Like, what was that thing called? Oh, no. I was just thinking if it was like Netflix, the surprise me button, but you could go in and you take a little quiz of like whatever oh, yeah. it, your kinks are. And then you could just press surprise me so you don't have to waste the time trying to find what you'd like. It would just be your algorithm of your sex porn. I mean, I think that sounds great. But, you know, let me know when you get to that business idea. <laughs> I hit it. Our I hit it big with my of sex other ideas. porn. <laughs> my sex porn bot. And I'm like, I'm really anti-porn overall. I think it's really bad for um, humanity. But this app will make it so you can get to masturbation quicker. So you can find exactly what you want. Uh, you know, you because it. I'm just it's trying there. to keep people away from, like, the bestiality on the outskirts of Ooh, your. Shoo. I think shoo, there's shoo. things on the outskirts of people's porn that they're hitting their come like they're coming and seeing something in the periphery that is not in their kink level. And so it's slowly dragging them into like a, a more seedious sexual appetite. I don't know. You know, I just want to find somebody who's got a great sex drive that like can't keep your hands off me. Like it really shouldn't be that difficult, but it's literally Probably it's just like it's the if I have any problems in my life, that's my problem. And I don't think you're overly horny. I just think you're honest. I think there's a lot oh, of I'm women very, out there that like feel I the say, same way. I say I want it like two or three times a day, but I think you told me this the other day. You were like, I think if somebody just said sex with you five times a week, you'd be fine. <laughs> you'd be fine. You'd be fine in the whole week. <laughs> but um yeah, I think the old what what I think is so interesting too are the generalizations, normal normalizations that we grew up with about women being so adverse to sex and men wanting it all the time. And you're going to be with a man and you're going to have to put out for him, even though you might not want to put out, you know, you just always hear about women not wanting it and men wanting it all the time. And the older I get, it's quite the opposite. 
Like yeah. women want it. Women are more in their sexuality than ever. And do you think that we start getting naturally more testosterone? I guess natural. That That's an interesting point that you bring up. Um, I, I have polycystic ovary syndrome, so I've never had a regular period. And that's because we all have estrogen, testosterone, and androgen. I don't have like male levels of testosterone and androgen, but I have like elevated levels of it. And so because of that, I didn't have a period, but it also like the doctor would say like, this is probably why you have a higher sex drive. Like, this is probably why you're a little aggressive. Um, just like little subtle things like that. So if those things are increasing as we get older, then yeah. I mean, it's been like that my whole life. For me. What about the pheromonal level? Like your testosterone is making theirs because if we're like coupling up and this is supposed to be a sex magic that's created, whether they're, you know, even with or without a child being involved, um, like it's sex magic. If we're coupling up um, and it's not even a sexuality of like two women or two men, what about if it's just a meeting of these certain chemicals in the beaker and you're carrying enough testosterone that one, like even the scent of you deep on some in our programming, it's like, oh, this is the hard dick here. Oh, you think I can smell that out? No, like maybe they, like they can. You guys can smell it on each other. So you are who you are, who you're producing an elevated level of testosterone. Maybe your computer tells theirs to produce less, causing a oh. soft dick. <laughs> I really hope that's not true. Like if I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times from my mother that she says that I'm too intimidating. But like, it is what it is. Like you either appreciate all of it or like you're never gonna get it, but I guess nobody fucking gets it. <laughs> you're a good time. <laughs> That's my crazy laugh. Um, you know, I, I I'm probably a very demanding person to be with, but I really don't think I am. Is that what it's just kind of like you know what you want and so you're like why waste any time with any of this courting and nonsense in between if I already know what I want and I can tell you what I want what is your ish <laughs> well I think sometimes almost in the like maybe this is how I scared away uh what are we gonna call him Ray 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 uh maybe this is how I scared away Ray because like when I start talking to someone new and we get this doesn't happen that often, but we get to the point where we're like talking about sex and stuff like that. I'm just like, listen, I'm never going to fake it. If like you're doing something wrong, I'm going to tell you the way to do it better. And I'm just like very forward again, like you say, and I don't see why that's a bad thing. I, I need that- my sexual partner to, to tell me that if you did, if like my sexual partner, I have to tell like you can't fake it with me. If you like it, you don't have to say anything. But if you hate it, let me know. If you oh, love yeah, it, sure. tell me, me to some keep going. Yeah, anything you want to do. Deeper, harder, faster, slower, not there, totally there. Whatever you want to give, I'm all ears. Like I am But I think that freaks people out. Like I told Ray, hey Ray, I am so this what's the realize? I really said I I was like, I'm so excited to like this is the first time I'm going into something that might be a relationship where I truly feel like myself. Like I have done so much shadow work over the last two years. 
I have busted my ass on all of this stuff about myself. And like, I'm a confident bad bitch and I'm ready to date. And like, whatever that means, whether it's casual, whether it's serious and like, I want to have good sex. And so I told him like, this is, I would, this is what my ideal day would be like. This is what my like worst week would be like. And I, I don't think he could handle that at all. I think it was like too much, but like, to me, why would I, I'm not going to like boil myself or water myself down at all. Like I'm going to tell you exactly. If you met someone, you tell them like, Hey, I'm never going to fake it with you. I'll always be like upfront. We're having sex. If we're having sex to a level that you feel satisfied, even if it's not in 10 times a day or whatever, but you're like, oh my gosh, like this person is like into me. And when we're together, literally into me. And then it's like, can't keep their hands. Like there's a whole package built up to it. You might not even bring up a number level to sex at all of how many never, times you, you have to have it. To. Right. So it's almost like, you're you're having to quantify a number of a thing that isn't really a number. It's an energy you're looking for. Mm-hmm. BDE. Give me some of that BDE. Not many men have it anymore. It's, it's, you're even trying the older dudes and it's not even there. I know. He's just so lazy. He truly doesn't care about anything. And he's so like, it's, he is evidence of like, this dude guys hasn't dated anyone in 15 years like a man on his own just crazy i think there is a big huge um women and men both of just the accepting um and and totally fine but like i'm just gonna have my own house with my own things and my own animals and my own life well, it's just like path path of least resistance you know if you're on your own and you're content with being on your own, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. On some level, I wonder if that's how I will end up at some point. But the thing about me is like, I'm always going to be pushing it, whether that's like traveling or intellectually or work or money, like I'm going to be pushing it. Like I can't be stagnant for too long. And some people are just coasters. And so it's like whatever the idea of retirement is, like you want your RV and you want to wake up every day at 630 and drink your coffee and have your fire pit at 730 at night and every day be some what even if that's a beautiful life, everybody wants this coasty. You wake up, you go to the golf course at a certain time, you eat dinner at this place every Tuesday and you always go next door and say hi to your friend Bob on Thursdays. Like everybody's kind of looking for like a schedule to coast. I don't know. Are you? Am I? I'm not. My I moon feel like Sagittarius, like my the... Sagittarius moon. No, no, no. I can't do routine. No, no, no. I can't for too long. I get very bored in routine and I get um, anxiety with routine for too long. Monotony. Monotony. Yeah, I don't know. Love's a tricky, tricky bitch. And just when I think I've figured everything out the universe says no baby no no <laughs> if um <laughs> uh, I, I was trying to think of some clever way to bring up black beans today on this podcast <laughs> I couldn't just because randomly we'll throw random words on the timeline and I think yesterday you were like I'm putting black beans on the timeline well yeah we play this game you all where we put something on the timeline and then we see if it like shows up in real life somewhere 
So yesterday I said I was putting black beans on the timeline. <laughs> so yeah, you guys should all send my Maria 777 or the Oracle or somewhere that you find her fun black bean facts. <laughs> like probably it'll be like the black bean was introduced in 1947. <laughs> <laughs> should I Google that real quick? <laughs> I know. I, now we have to have one weird fact about the black bean. They'll be like, actually, the original Easter egg on Atari was called a black bean. But because the guy's last name was uh, Mockingbird or whatever his name was. I didn't know it was called a black turtle bean. Huh, got turtles. Turtle 13. They have the 13 uh, tiles on their back, which represent the lunar calendar because there's 13 moons in a... Um, year per your period and per the lunar calendar and so a lot of like native cultures would use the turtle shell as calendars well we could be on the turtle shell right now that could be the universe and um would nasa ever show us a picture of that no <laughs> i can't find a 47 in black bean but i'm sure someone out there can so if you do you can slide that on into my dms um, and I want to totally obviously have you on season two of Project Cheney. Thank you um, for coming back and being my uh, first guest and my last one of season one. I like this. Uh, I was going to say pat it, pat, pat it, habit, pattern. No, this thing we do. Yeah, it's good. I'm about to get my shit together on my podcast, I swear. I know that's what I say too. I'm over. I can't even promise my audience when you know when they get this episode, they're gonna be like, oh, "What the?" Dun, dun, they're gonna be dun. so excited about it because I haven't even done a lead up at all, and my um, IG account is so shadow banned, but my Project Cheney account isn't, so it'll be the only thing that comes across. Brink. Old Project Cheney and the Oracle fighting Epi the good fight. Episode forty-seven. So tell everyone in my audience how to find you. Well, my Maria 777 is the name of the game. That's my website. That's my Instagram. That's my Twitter. I'm really shadow banned on Instagram. So I have a backup account called the Oracle 333 on all of those things. You're going to have to type them all the way in. If you ever want to find me, um, it's not going to like populate me at all. And I think that's it. And you do great oh. stuff on social media. Even if um, you're a person, if you're a podcast person, your podcast is super fun. And um, but your social media digs, uh, you don't some things you'll just put out there when they're a hot topic. Like, hey, you guys, this is going on. This is curious. But um, when you put out something that's just a simulation theory or on 47 or you try to think about it, all 10 slides are filled. You have the full idea there. And um, there's a lot of effort, guys, that goes into it. But uh, it's almost like Twitter me and Instagram me are two different people. You know, do you ever feel that way? Yeah, I feel like Twitter me, Instagram like different me, content. Uh, uh, Telegram me and true social me are all four different people. Then I also think Instagram feed me and Instagram story me are two different people. Me too. Totally. I'm like a weirdo in my stories. Oh, fuck. Like yeah, a constant weirdo. <laughs> it's really weird I'll be honest with you so I told Ray about Maria mm. and Ray followed Maria and the Oracle and I've told some guys about it now within the last you know year or two 
and nobody paid attention. Nobody asked questions. Nobody played with me with it. And Ray plays with me with it. And so then now after he broke up with me, I've been this like angsty person who just like wishes I had a Tumblr, you know, posting all these like emo things because I'm so sad. So now I'm in this like weird spot where like, I know he's watching my story and it's like, it changes everything again now. Like who, (laughs) and that has a name, right? When it's like, when you do your internet story for one person. Oh, does it have a name? I don't know. I think it's like, um, there is like a name. Sanity? No, there's like an actual name that people have uh, for social media sites when you do just a post that seems really vague, but it's specifically oh, for one person. Oh, when you are you subtweeting? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. So just subtweeting. Subtweet, yeah. Subtweeting can be like general like that, but it could also be like me being like that blonde girl with the black thing in her hair as a dumb bitch. You know what I mean? Like that could be subtweeting, but then I could also be like kind of like more generic about it. Um, so yeah. So then he'll like call me in the morning and be like, I saw your post. What did this mean? I saw this. What did this mean? And it's like, it's what I've wanted and I like it right now. It's because I'm posting like angsty things. Um, but before you leave one thing, before you leave, mm -hmm. tell my audience, because this is your most triggering thing. I know you like, you're so patient with your audience and all, um, of your adoring fans. What's a psyop? <laughs> and are all psyops bad? I had a dollar every <laughs> time we talked about this, guys. Okay. A psyop for me goes like right back to Inception. Leonardo DiCaprio movie. If you know me, you know I love a movie reference. Uh, so all a psyop is, is like the art of conveying something to a group of people, to an individual, to the world. Quantify that however you want to quantify that. But like you're taking a piece of information, a school of thought, like whatever that might be, a series of numbers, I don't care. But you are conveying it to somebody else by means of like psychological warfare in some way or the other. So when I say that something is a psyop, it is just psychological warfare at its core. Now, like I... Cheney hates hermetic philosophy, but let's take it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. She makes the the hermetics. I Um, don't hate it. In the context of like hermetic (laughs) philosophy. You're going to make all the hermetics come after me now. Everything can be good and everything can be bad. So a psyop could convey a good message to bad people, a good message to good people, a bad message to bad people, a bad message to good people, a variation of all of those things in between. Like, um, it's taking that and implanting it in somebody's idea and then hoping that it changes their behavior or causes them to do something in some sort of way. So that's all it is. A psyop is like a group or an individual trying to convey information to another group or another individual by means of psychological warfare. So it doesn't and just mean that a PSYOP is no, just the CIA made it and it's all bad and it's there and you're so dumb for believing it. It's like, no, everything, even just a good marketer is good at psychological operation. We all are all the time. We are all manipulating people all the time. But there is this inherent desire by the people who 
so many people that follow me to attribute a negative connotation to the word psyop. And I just want to tell you, please stop. <laughs> like I'll say the word psyop and it's just like, oh my, like people have been calling me the queen of doom lately. Like not everything is doom and gloom. It's just like, hey, let's observe this psyop. Who's talking here? Who's pushing them to talk? What are they trying to say? What kind of information is coming out? Like I kind of like because everything's think mirror to me. So the queen of doom is just the queen of mood. <laughs> Sass, yeah. Doesn't that sound like a care. good name? Like call me whatever the fuck My you Maria, want. the queen of mood. The queen. I actually like doom better. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like, I'll take villainize, it. Villainize me, please. Uh, no, many have uh, tried. Many have tried. All have failed. That's the end of the day. Like, I'm just a weirdo on the internet with something to say. Holding lines. Just holding lines. It's just That's your girl, my Maria, holding lines. <laughs> People are always like, are you a shill? Are you a disinformation agent? Are you um, blah, 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 blah? And it's like, y'all, I really just do this to, like, escape my life. You're like, I'm just the girl <laughs> in the treehouse that asked what if. Yes, exactly. Like, I just want you to ask what if too and stop being so cement chewed about everything that you think you know. Exactly. That's all there is. There isn't any more. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, for listening and I will see you soon. Oh, wait, what? What do you want to say? This is something I do on my podcast. So I'm going to ask your people to do it but i always say that if you make it to the very end of the podcast then you are an elite member of the class and i will ask you to put an emoji on like my most recent post to like show me that you've listened to the podcast so after you listen to this take the disco ball emoji and put it somewhere on cheney's profile you put it on my profile too. Yeah, but put it on yours. Especially so invisible. Um, I like that you picked the disco ball because if you put mirror in the emojis, that's the only other one that comes up besides the actual mirror is the disco ball. I just love disco balls. I like it. All right. Well, my Maria, see you on season two and see you guys soon. Bye bye. So she has been Chaney and now she's off to smoke a blunt. See you next Tuesday, you fucking cunts.